0: Yes folks, episode number 65 the UdiCast is back. We have returned, and this week, it is the long-overdue first appearance of 484 Design's Michelle Truitt joining the show this week to talk about her new Faces of Utica project. Plus, Cliff Montoni is on the show. We're going to be talking about uh, losing your pets, the cost of living, the terror and horror of public speaking. Uh, We have a special history lesson for you. We're going to talk about cereal, we're going to talk about Nelly, and we're going to talk about the Emmys, which... I forgot happened. Uh, Also, very quickly before we start the show, uh, at the very end of the episode, we're going to mention briefly the Cask Ale Festival. We gave the wrong dates on that. That is happening on October 15th is the Cask Ale Festival. Okay, cool. Episode 65. Let's get into the show. I am psyched. Once again, to the show that never ends, we're so glad you could attend episode 65 of the Udicast. I am Sam Pamelaro, joined as always,
1: Kevin Sullivan. Hello, buddy. Hi, how you doing? I got a question for you. Um, episode 65, most people retire at 65. Does that mean I can retire from the show this week, or are you going to keep me? <laughs> uh, I'm going to need you on at least. you can going to retire, but I'm going to need you to come in and tutor after, you've done, after your retirement to help out these kids. You can't just leave them... You know, so, basically, I'm getting a pay cut. You're getting a pay cut. And so, they mean I have to start paying you money? I think that's what a pay cut is. <laughs> a good would be. start. It's hey. a good start. I bet that's a good start um, for you.
0: Welcome back to the show, folks. Uh, I want to bring up something. Uh, I want to shout out to a friend of mine. A friend of mine from New York City. Um, real vague guy. His name is Charles Sanford. Charles Sanford is a professional opera singer. He used to work with me at the restaurant as well. You can beat two things in New York City, just so you know. Uh, anyhow, Charles was an older gentleman. Uh, he's about... 15 years old than me, and he used to carry a moleskin day planner, one of those little moleskin day planner books, right? Sure, yeah. And I always used to see him filling out his day planner book, and I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's kind of a, it's kind of a good look. I like that piece. It's like a, it's a handsome edition. It, you know, it's a scholarly looking piece. I like it. seems
1: it. like that would be good for your brand. Yeah, it's good branding. It's good, a good for your brand. It's a
0: good piece of brand. So for a long time, I've been sort of wishing to get one of said moleskin day, day planners, right? Right. So finally, earlier this month, um, when I was, well, before this month, in the middle of August, I bought the day planner. And I was mm-hmm. like, "I'm just going to get it." So I went to Barnes Noble, I bought it, and then for about a month, I struggled to find a reason to use it because I don't. Ha- I was working like freelance, basically. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of plans, quote unquote. So now that I've been working uh, at the college, and I'm going to grad school, and I'm working at the restaurant, and I'm doing the podcast, I now spend a good ten minutes a day with this day planner, and it's like the lifeblood of my of my day. Does this mean I'm an old
1: man? Uh, you're, listen, you're a very, very old man. <laughs> I don't know if this specifically has anything to do with it. I, it's, uh, it feels a little disingenuous to me for you to be like, oh, yeah, I finally figured out what to do with a notebook because for the 15 years I've known you, you've always been a notebook guy. You've always had some sort of notebook Mm. or steno pad or composition book or journal. Well, more than anything, I struggled to find legitimate things to put in the day planner,
0: right? Like, I was, like, putting in things as, like, call mom at four. That's not something I should put in the day planner. It's something I should do, right? Now that I actually have, like, I looked at my day planner for this week, and it makes me depressed. Yes. Like, I'm just hoping that Thursday can't come fast enough. Uh, That's fair. Uh, but again folks thanks for joining us this week um, One of the things I want to mention about that Because of the grad school stuff And because of how busy I particularly have been And Kev uh, you're, you're
1: Saranax over but doesn't mean
0: you're any less busy
1: uh, You know what I mean uh, It's it's interesting The busyness is shifting, the, shifting Like you can, you can feel the sh- It's like the tide going in and coming out You can feel the shift from mm. summer to winter coming And we're in a weird interim time uh you know working in some new staff training some new people getting some new stuff together but you can feel the business coming right back down the pipe mm-hmm. yeah. it's already almost the end of september already booming through september line, isn't it it really <laughs> is terrifying <laughs> it's it's march is on this is the last official uh summer podcast
0: next week we will officially be in, in autumn in the autumn months starting on the uh, the solstices this week is it not Uh
1: maybe Kids solstice i'm telling you it's coming up this week maybe yeah I, I, you're the solstice does guy. that mean
0: we have to set our clocks
1: is it that No, time? I think that's an October October? Thing. I want to say, yeah, because I think it's usually uh, somewhere around my birthday, and my birthday is toward the like second, last third of October. Good to know, because I never remember when your birthday is. That's a filthy lie. You're, you sh- no, you're always... You're kind of all your friends
0: on their birthdays. I'm kind to all of them, but it's usually last minute, because I went on Facebook, and I was like, oh, crap, it's Kevin's birthday. Let me go get him something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. So uh, the reason I bring that up is I've been trying my very, very best to start stockpiling more interviews to keep in the can uh so i've been doing in the a lot can that's how uh, that's industry speed industry in the term can. yeah in the can so i'm doing about four different interviews this week so it's been quite hectic um i doesn't mm-hmm. want to take away from michelle truitt who was a wonderful interview this week but i would mm-hmm. say it's been a crazy week for interviews packing in a whole bunch of them a lot of great interviews coming up I'm really really excited for a lot of the upcoming. well i feel guests. like you've
1: got a lot to get in the next like couple days so michelle truitt kind of set the bar you know what I mean? She's set yeah. the pace for the entire group. She's a good first start. Well, she's great because
0: she's such a professional when it comes right, to right. talking. Uh, I mentioned in the interview with the first time I ever really met her, she was giving a presentation for the Bag Square so- Association about the history of Bag Square. Uh, and she was uh, captivating. She's very, very yeah. good. She's uh, she's highly professional.
1: What do you think makes, this is a little bit uh, off the topic, quite not on the topic, but off the plan. What do you think makes, because we have differences people come on. Sometimes you're like, that person's a total pro. They were great, love to have them on and then other times, people have a little bit of a tougher time. What do you think makes the difference for people? Public speaking. Yeah? You think uh, just getting reps out there, speaking in public, speaking to the people? So I'm in my I'm in my grad school class today.
0: I'm in Intro to Teaching. And they're talking about the Common Core. I'm not going to get into this because it's a huge, that's a whole other topic for a different day. Um, but one of the things they were talking about is uh, you're supposed to teach poetry as part of your English, right, for English. Right. Let's say you don't like poetry, right? Mm-hmm. One of my professors is talking about how he didn't teach poetry because he didn't like it. Instead, he taught public speaking um, as a as a replacement for that mm-hmm. until the school shut him down from doing it. Right, but one of the points, but one of the points they made up is that they really don't teach public speaking mm-hmm. unless you were in drama club or chorus or some
1: sort of uh, artistic field or creative field you're probably not out in front of people doing stuff all the time no for sure and it's important and you know i I say this all the time and i think i've maybe said it on the show before but that's another example of our schools not teaching any like a lot of life skills you know what i mean they don't teach you how to balance a checkbook and manage credit and do all that sort of different stuff they don't teach you how to like live and be an adult and do things they don't teach you how to public speak that's the type of stuff it'd be nice if they were probably teaching let me ask you a question because you were not a musical theater guy you didn't do stage plays
0: um but you played in a lot of bands. When you first started playing live...
1: Oh, horrified. Were you horrified? Horrified, yeah. Really? A little bit. Huh. Um, it was... Because when I first started playing in bands, and I think this is one of the biggest parts of it too, like my first couple shows where I was like playing out in front of yeah. like crowds on stages and you know stuff like that, I was probably 16 years old going into 17 years old. And I think one of the, you know, of course you get a little bit of nerves because it's your first time out there doing it. And it's like, you know, a step and like people you know are watching you. But also at that time in your life, it's really, really important to be cool. Yes. And you know what I mean? Like it's really, you you put a lot of value on how cool you seem to be. Mm. And so you get up there and you're really kind of putting yourself out there, you know, for... Like, after you have a show when you're young like that, you go and you play, and if you look like a nerd, or your band sounds terrible, and people are, like, hating. That seems like the end of the world when you're that age. Well, it's funny, because I... Uh, so even in elementary school,
0: I was in the school choir, and I was... I was it was pretty obvious early on that I was good at, at being a singer and a musician, especially yeah. before my voice changed. You're a ham.
1: Yeah, naturally, I that's yeah, naturally a ham
0: in general. It, it, I was always like that.
1: The great Hambino.
0: <laughs> the great Hambino. So by the time I got to middle school and I was doing plays and in yeah. high school and I'm doing plays and we're playing live mm-hmm. in bands, I've already been on stage in front of people since I was mm, like t- going up in a 10 plus. So for a I, long yeah, time. For a long time. I was on TV for a long time. I even remember Steve back in the day, our good friend uh, Steve. He used to play in the band with us. And I remember times that he'd be like, You don't ever get nervous about this? And I'm like, Why? Nervous for what? What would I get nervous for?
1: This yeah. is I'm I'm used
0: to this. This is
1: you know, It's it's interesting to me though, because I can see like getting up on stage right there in front of people, but we'll get people, and you know, I certainly won't name names, but we'll get people on the show sometimes as an interviewer, as a guest, or certain things like that. And you can tell they're a little bit nervous and they're a little bit like off and a little reserved. And I guess it's because we do this every week that in my head, we're just sitting at the table having a conversation yeah. and I forget the things on, but that must be where it comes from is the people, somebody like Michelle True, who's done it a million times can just turn that yeah. part of the brain off and just go and let it flow. I don't know what the numbers are anymore but growing up
0: I'd always heard that public speaking tends to be the number one fear of most people. Like that's their number one biggest fear is speaking public and I always thought that was crazy so like that's not, that's not even a, like a thing. But I like makes, speaking in
1: but public. But you know what it is though, it's that that comes down to a larger fear of people just not wanting to make an ass out of themselves. Yeah. Which you can certainly identify with that but yours is probably just in a different vein than public speaking you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I think that we too specifically are
0: a we have a little bit of a leg up because of our years of being in bands together, because of our years of not only being in bands together, being in front of people, being together mm-hmm. on stage in front of people. Like, we've we've worked as a unit for many years as well. That that's also true. ties that's into a good what we point. do as well. That is a good point. Uh, and that's why sometimes I think... You know, initially on, and when we bring in people who've never done the show before, it's hard to come in and be the number three person. That's why someone like Katie or Cliff is always so nice to have
1: around. And Aaron, specific, when she was here more often. God, we miss Aaron Higgins here I on the Utah Cast. Can I take I a minute her. on episode 65 Shout to out. derail the whole show and say that I miss Aaron Higgins? Yeah. Baby, come back. You, you can blame, blame it all on us. <laughs> uh, you know what? Even if she can't come back
0: to do the show regularly, I actually like to bring her on as an interview one of these days. Yeah. She's got a fascinating yeah. story. So Maybe we'll get to that in a little bit. Before we get in, we've gone very long in this segment, I wanted to shout out, uh, again, I've been so busy, grad school, uh, work, blah, blah, you've heard me go ad nauseum about it. So what I'm really trying to do as of lately, and this is a little life hack for you folks, is I'm trying to find little moments in my day that I can find enjoyment, right? Because I'm very stressed out. But if okay. I find like five, ten minutes of something to laugh at, and I'm going to share this with you guys. Uh, I work in a classroom at a, at a high school around here with a lot of uh, kids, and we have a smart board. And uh, the kids in my, in my classroom, my fifth period class, they were making portraits of all the teachers in the classroom, me and the three other people. And what they would do is they would ask you, what's like, a cartoon you liked when you were a kid? What's your favorite movie? Who do you like, What celebrity do you look like? And they would take all these pictures on clip art and they would use it on the smart board and change the translucency and layer the pictures on top of each other to make like a composite picture of what you you were, right? Mm-hmm. So my photo ended up being a bearded Doug Funny standing on top of the Jaws shark from the cover of the Jaws like poster. Except it wasn't Jaws, it was uh, My Little Pony. That was the picture I got. I put it on Twitter. I reposted it. It was the highlight of my day. It's the best self-portrait I've ever had made of me. Uh, the accuracy is stunning. I, really I mean, <laughs> you're, you know, first and foremost, you're definitely a sweater vest guy. So sweater vest not guy. So funny. Yes. You
2: know.
0: Yeah. Uh, the beard, certainly. They, did, I, they said, "What celebrity do you look like? I said, just type in Brooklyn Hipster, and you'll get what you're looking for. And lo and behold, they did. They found what they needed. <laughs> Uh, kids are better with technology than us, folks. Just get used to that, because I'm blown away by how good anyone under the age of 20 is at using technology. It's disgusting.
1: Yeah, we're definitely in that like weird middle generation where the kids that are younger than us are way better than us.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm still we're, writing we're kind of the dinosaurs. I'm still as writing in our old age. I'm writing my plans in a day planner with a pen and paper
1: <laughs> because I'm an old man. I can't He's got even a use... moleskin notebook. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, well, that's uh, that's that's more than enough to start off the show. Let's uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be back in a little bit with Cliff Montoni. Cliff, did you notice the uh, microphone looks a little different today? Like it's in a better position? Uh, no. No? No. Well, you'll, you do? you can, apparently, Ooh. you can tilt this microphone back and forth. I sound 10% better that way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, as a capital P professional lowercase j journalist, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> it took us only 50, 65 episodes to figure that out, so. Yeah.
1: Well, that's nice. Making moves today, Cliff. Making big I moves today.
0: It. Cliff, how you been, buddy? Pretty well. Yeah, you look a little bit... Uh, you look less stressed than you did yesterday when i saw you yeah
3: i'll take that as a compliment Um, yeah i am less stressed yes and i'm a little 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 better rested and i'm drinking water (laughs) and not beer or wine
0: or coffee so i want to i want to share with you uh my version of this story that happened and i'm gonna get your opinion and then kev's gonna share his version okay? okay so last night i'm uh making dinner at the house if you're curious it was a veal piccata sandwich with spinach it was pretty good Nice. it was all right it wasn't the best thing i've ever done but it was not bad for a first shot yeah. anyhow so i'm cooking down there and i uh, you can usually hear people walking through the back hallway in our house and people going from the upstairs floor to the downstairs yeah, floor yeah. whether taking the dogs out or really? leaving the house whatever the reason and i could hear you coming down the stairs now i could hear it was you because you were on the phone and i could hear you coming oh, down us? the stairs and you came in through the back door and you were freaking out yes and you said have you seen ellie Ellie's Cliff's cat. The love of my life. The love of your life. The love of my the, the, life. The one, let's, only, not, yeah. let's not. Let's not yeah. cut it short. The there, only yeah. woman you can the ever see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you had a maniacal look on your face. Oh my. Uh, yes. and you were saying that the cat was lost and you didn't know where it was. Yes. And you were gonna freak out if nobody found it. Yes. So this gave me existential dread, because I'm like, oh God. I hope he finds his cat. Really? Yeah. I mean, you handled it so well. Really? Yo, you I, were the cooler. I, you took me right <laughs> down
3: a level so fast. From the moment I walked in the door and spewed some madness at you <laughs> to, like, two steps outside <laughs> the door, I look back and I go, I'm sorry.
0: And I can't. And I oh, went, that's went what about me. my day. Well, <laughs> well, So, I could hear you guys out there doing the cat call and checking for the cat. Yes. And, and I'm feeling bad. And I'm like, oh, man, I hope they catch, I hope they, you know, if they find the cat, I don't want I don't something bad to happen to her. So, let's flash forward to this morning. I didn't really hear from you. I didn't hear, I didn't hear from you guys again last night. Yeah. And actually, because I didn't hear from you, I had assumed that everything was okay. Yeah. Right? I didn't, didn't put two and two together. Yeah. So, I get up. I get in the shower. I'm um, reading the news. And as I walk out of my bathroom, Ellie is standing in front of the bathroom. <laughs> like, just staring up at the bathroom. Roll, and I open it and I go, what are you doing here? And Ellie... <laughs> And just, <laughs> I like the meow. full conversation, yeah. yeah. Just meow. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Uh, so in my mind, this cat has somehow found a way to, uh, through osmosis or teleportation, yeah. Yeah. to go through the walls and just came back into the house at her own leisure. Yes. Uh, to which I brought her back upstairs and told you I had no idea how it got back I in greatly house. appreciate that, by the way. Kevin corrected me.
1: Yes, how, yeah. to, how I to should just... have just let you people float. You yeah, see, I'm I'm a little bit more, I'm very laissez-faire with these cats. I say, like, come <laughs> and go with me, please. They've proven they're not going anywhere, they're not doing anything. All they want to do is sleep and eat and go sniff around. Uh, I was turning off all the lights and everything, getting ready for bed last night, and I just happened to look out the window and the cat was just sitting on the ledge of the porch just looking. I went I out, looked at it, she goes Meow. She was outside. Yeah, she was sitting outside, so I just brought her in downstairs, and I was gonna bring her upstairs, but it was kinda late and uh, I knew that would wake up the dogs, and I'm like well, this'll be fine. This is all new information for new me. New
3: information. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it rained last night too, so I went to she bed and I was like was damp. this bitch. Yeah. You know, like that's her official name right now. Right now, I Yeah. Oh yeah, she's in trouble. She's
1: <laughs> in so much trouble. She's
3: so grounded.
1: See, I um, found that cat outside no less than ten times. Not acceptable.
3: She and this cat have lived here. Yeah, not acceptable. Cat seems a. Like it. I know. I got I let a it hard in. line on no cats outside. <laughs> and
1: what does the cat say when you explain to the cat? She don't listen. There you go. She's a rebellious <laughs> teenager,
3: though. You don't just... You gotta set boundaries with your rebellious teenager. You can't just let her walk all over you.
0: <laughs>
1: cat parenting with a cliff. Yeah, I think that'll absolutely. be the name of your new podcast. Sit
3: me down, and I'll <laughs> teach you how to raise
0: a pet. Now, really, I think the thing that I got the most out of this, and, and I mean this in a more general sense, I kind of understand why I don't have a pet, though. Like... The stress of having to be concerned about a lost pet seems like something that I am not ready for right now in my life, right? I wasn't, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it seems... I, I can't, I, God forbid it was a child, right, that was mine or something. Like, that. the animal's a good precursor to what it would be like to have a child, right? Yes, like, and,
3: I, and I would say that, like, conservatively, I have no idea, but it's probably, like, one-tenth. One-tenth you know? of like, having a kid, For right? me, it's my whole world. Yeah, and it's still probably like one tenth of having
1: an actual child. You're gonna be such a psycho when you have kids. Oh,
2: probably. Yeah, (laughs) like a helicopter parent.
3: But I'm also like, like let kids fall down and make their own mistakes. Like I'm okay with that. But this cat is stupid.
0: Like, (laughs) all right,
3: let's let's. She does not know these things. Like she doesn't know road. Like a kid will learn road. Like that cat
0: has no idea. Uh, Well, that's the thing too. I think with um, with like a cat. A cat will seem like it's messing with you sometimes. A cat will look you right in the right in the soul. Like a dog, <laughs> you're just like okay, you big galoot. Like you ran through the door because you didn't know any better. Right, right. A cat, you feel like is working you a little bit. Oh yeah. They're like, oh, you didn't want me to go outside? You sure? Yeah. Because I've already been outside today. Oh yeah, I know. know, Yeah, and we we definitely
3: are guilty of like anthropomorphizing. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, but that being
0: said, do it all the time.
3: Yeah, but man, that cat like you'll give it two specific cues, the same cue right in a row, or like under like very similar situations, and one time she'll respond to it, and the next time she'll just be like, "I'm good." Like, mm. I'll be like, come over here, come over here. And she'll just run on over and I'll pet her and that'll be great. And then, like, the next time I'll be like, come over. And she'll just kind of consider it and then lay back down. Like, mm. I don't really care what you say. Mm. So, she got a little attitude to her. She got some sass. Some sass.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cliff, before we get into this week's topics, uh, me and Kev were talking in the first segment a little bit about public speaking. Yeah. Uh, Why do you think it's hard for people to talk in public? Do you think it's... Well, I'll start right there. Uh, I think there's, like, an immediate
3: flight or fight response. Mm -hmm. Like um, I know that when we first started doing these, I definitely had a little more anxiety than I have now. Sure. Um, It's, I think, all of the pressure to convey everything that you want to convey in a perfect manner all one point in time. Mm -hmm. Right? So, like, the first time you speak publicly, you feel like I need to do this perfectly and convey everything I need to convey, and you feel it all at one time. Mm -hmm. And then as you learn how to do it, you can plan out more ahead of time this is what I need to convey now and this is what I need to convey next
0: and you work your way through it and it's just exposure I think I guess follow-up question real quick when was the first time you ever had to speak in public like age-wise like if you can remember like
3: um I know that I took a public speaking class yes there you go yeah at Herkimer I took a public speaking class and I also had really bad social anxiety I went to a really Mm. small school you know, so I grew up sure. with all the same kids. I graduated with seventy kids. We all knew each other really well. So and you, we, you were the
1: only kids you knew too. Yeah yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you don't really understand or have that same social anxiety until you're put into a place where you're completely uncomfortable and you're with multitudes of people compared to what you're used to. Hmm. Uh, right. And then you start to realize like I'm on my own out here. Yeah. Uh, and that's so. Herkimer was like
0: a, a really good opportunity for me to learn to communicate in that way mm-hmm. publicly. Yeah. Because I just wonder if there's no public speaking class, you don't take it, and if you're not into some hobby or pastime that puts you in front of people, theoretically, the first time you ever speak in front of people publicly could be like at your job, job, right? Like, and some people never. Yeah.
3: Well,
1: that's that's why that's why you will you won't make it through college without having to speak publicly. Yeah. It's, you great. know what I mean, and that's yeah. why because well, you have to yeah. because you can't have it be that first time yeah. you do it in a job because then you know that's it, just not feasible. Yeah. You can't do it like that. Yeah. Well, even public speaking in a classroom is different
0: though. Like, I know people who won't even get up in front of a classroom, right, of peers and read because they're yeah. petrified.
3: That's yeah. harder sometimes for some people. Yeah, that's do, true. Do you guys still get the adrenaline dump? No. No. Not yeah. even okay, so like in this setting I don't get the adrenaline dump anymore. Not but, for this, no, no. no But like what about when you do stuff in public like if you did like when you did the Thincubator Speak?
0: Uh thank you, bait or Speak was a little more stressful because well, you know, we were a bit more under underprepared, Certainly, yeah. I feel like um, it, it's it's reality. We didn't know what that show was going to be like ever. Um, I wasn't concerned that I was going to do a bad job. I was concerned that the things we were counting on for the show to work weren't going to be weren't going to be there. And some of them were, and some of them weren't. Of them weren't. Yeah. So it was what it was. Yeah. I would be more nervous now to play a live show like a music show than I would have been five years ago because I'm out of practice. But okay. I don't think it would be more than a couple minutes of being like, all right, let's do this. Yeah, be this goes along I way.
1: think for me it's not... I, don't, I know what you're talking about when you say the adrenaline dump. Yeah. I think for me more and more, and something else that's kind of underrated if you want to get better at being socially comfortable and a better speaker, is uh, years of waiting tables. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah. for me it's not so much that there's like an adrenaline dump that I get gassed up. There's, there's a very distinct on and off switch. Like when I had to go, I had to go do... Um, the radio show every thursday morning all summer long and i was on kiss fm and i was on talk of the town and every morning it was you know stupid early i was there at like seven thirty, <laughs> and so i'm dead tired you know what i mean and i would get in there and i'd be sort of quiet and out of it and just i'm very quiet in the morning especially i'm drinking my coffee I haven't gotten there but when you get there when you get in any speaking situation you just hit the switch yeah. and now it's time to be on yeah and it's time to just go and there's that level of separation mm. that you can get into with it i think Which is what it comes down to after you get over that raw adrenaline and butterflies. I would say that
0: is 100% spot on. This comes from As always. (laughs) As as always. What else would we expect? Uh, Because I've mentioned many times, I feel like an introvert in my private life. Yes. And I always have this joke. I, I say this to the people at the restaurant more often than not because when I'm working at the restaurant these days, it's after I've already worked my other morning job. Yep. And I always say, in general, as a human, I only have about... 10 hours max right. of like positivity and good vibes and having fun before the cynicism starts to overtake <laughs> the positivity. So usually about halfway through my shift at the restaurant is when I start to get a little bit like, all right. Okay, you don't want corn in your risotto? All right, yeah. fine. Good. Great. You know what I mean? Uh but I think that's a real thing. Like it's it's hard. being out there and being in front of people and putting yourself out there is tiring. It's exhausting. It doesn't it's seem like exhausting. it. It's mentally sure. straining. Yeah. And yeah. after a long enough time, it definitely wears
1: on you. It's yeah. something you have to get used to. You know what I mean? I think that's one of the things that would tire me out the most coming up from the restaurant is you're exhausted from just being mm. on all day. Like when you go work at Double mm. or something yeah. like that.
3: I've uh I've I've kinda dealt with that in my personal life too. Like and I think the three of us are fairly introverted when we do turn off. Like we're all okay with just hanging out and sitting quietly alone. Like that's not a problem for any of us. But uh I know that like I've had friends who have tried to reach out to me and want to hang out and want to do stuff, especially friends kinda in the secondary, like one level removed. And it's just been like, No, I can't return a text message and no I can't pick up my cell phone mm-hmm. and no I definitely can't go hang out because I've been on since six AM
0: yeah. it is now 6 p.m and I'm so off you know
3: <laughs>
2: you know who catches
0: the brunt of that honestly I hate to say it my mom and my family yeah that's the that's the third that's the the part of this that definitely catches the biggest yeah. like loss yep I never see my parents as much anymore I, I, right. I used to go see my mom like once a week for dinner and now you know I get phone calls from her being like are we ever gonna see you right and it's right. like I I don't know yeah. it's not that I it's yeah, not that yeah, I sure wouldn't... not theoretically sometimes. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but still you know it i'm don't know. I'm getting getting into something else here <laughs> no i get it though i totally get it is that you've only
3: got so much energy to expend in yeah. a day and it really does take i feel like you've you have to create some type of persona yeah and i try For to sure. blur that line and make my yeah. actual persona the persona that can be a public speaker <laughs> and be on all the time but it's just you got to shut off sometimes yeah.
0: yeah all right well that was uh that was intense public speaking conversation yeah, figure <laughs> um I want to talk about this very briefly. We're not going to get into the semantics of what happened in Chelsea earlier this week, uh, Saturday, uh, in Chelsea, New York, um, or the Chelsea section of New York City. Uh, there was a bomb that went off. Twenty-nine people were injured. Uh, Mayor de Blasio was quoted as saying, there's every reason to believe this is an act of terrorism. Um, I'm not going to go into the semantics about this, but something struck me about this specific one. Uh, this is the first sort of quasi-terrorist-y, um, evil-type event that happened where I was concerned about people I knew on a personal level. And I had this weird moment of panic where I was texting a bunch of people from New York. Which is the first time in, you know, the last few things that have happened, it seems like have been very distant. Like, oh, it happens in France. I don't know anyone in France. It's a horrible story, but it's terrible that it happened. This one actually got me scared because I knew people. And I'm like, there's a real chance that maybe somebody I know was affected by this. Maybe not hurt, but somehow affected. And it's the first time in a long time that, like, an act of terrorism affected me on a weird personal level, so
1: that's because it's important to say um, that's the first time in a long time there's been an act of terrorism on any kind of a broad scale here in America we're really really lucky to live in this country in the sense that like this stuff for as much as you know the news and the government get everybody all you know riled up and scared about this stuff happening. This stuff doesn't really happen. And yeah. like, Yeah, we have a lot of mass shootings. That's the type of thing. But you don't see a lot of bombings. You don't yeah. see bombs going off all the time. We're lucky for it. And when it hits close to home somewhere, like I remember when we heard that news, you said the intersection. Like, I could see you placing it in your head. Like you know where that is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the first time in a long time something's happened where you can identify with I've mm-hmm. walked past the place where this explosion explosion took place. Awesome that nobody died though. Yeah, it's great. great nobody died. Yeah, it was great. great.
0: Um It's funny. It What's funny about it too is my mom used to call me all the time when I was in New York, and she would. My stepdad would always call me because he's always watching CNN or whatever, and he's like, "Oh, there's a terrorist alert," and I try to tell him like, "Look, man, when you live in a city like New York City, which is always considered like one of the top two or three places that's going to get destroyed if there's ever like a major terrorist yeah. attack, right?" You just sort of live, and that's it. You can't do. it. You can't sit here and be like, "Oh man, is this the day I'm going to get in the subway and I'm going to get robbed or it's going to get blown up?" Like, you, you, if that happens, you know, God forbid. Probably
1: not. Probably you not. Know you know, yeah, probably, pro- not. But probably not. Probably not. You're going to spend yeah. the rest of your statistically, life
0: statistically. No. Yeah. And if it happens, what are you? What are you going to do? How? Yeah. How could you have fixed it otherwise? Like, it's yeah. just chance. That's sort of my take you know on, on just
1: about any like anything yeah. in that situation? Like, I mean, people are worried about stuff like. You have no choice. You can't affect it, so you can't let it control the way you live your life. You know what I mean? Appropriate desensitization, you know, so that you can
3: live and work.
1: You're more likely to to get hit by a taxi walking around New York than you are otherwise. But you don't get phone calls being like, hey, the taxi-level alert is up to code orange. (laughs)
0: There are a lot of things that made me glad I don't live in New York anymore, whether it be uh, the apartments, uh, the people. Uh, The lack of, (laughs) you know, I mean, Uh, the list goes on and on. The the cost of everything that exists. Trees and the sun. Trees, the sun, everything. Like terrorism was never something that I was like, oh, man, i got to get out of New York because I'm afraid of terrorism. Right, right, yeah. Greatest city in the world. That's why it costs so much to live there. And speaking of costing a lot to live there, New York made a nice appearance uh, in the New York Times article this week regarding... New York made a nice appearance in the New York Times. Yeah. Can't believe Uh, it. In a New York Times article this week about uh, the most expensive cities to live in. So I want to bring this up to you folks. Um, This is a list... Of the, the list goes into depth uh, pretty deep on the website, so go to Twitter and go to check out newyorktimes.com if you want to see the whole article. What I'm looking at, these are the top and bottom five uh, cities this is the salary you would need to earn to buy a house oh, in these cities, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the most expensive is San Francisco at $161,947. Um, I don't know how many jobs are paying that out in San Francisco, but if they're just throwing them out there, you Probably know... Probably a good number. Sign me up. Yeah. Uh, the lowest was Pittsburgh. That's not how
2: that works. Uh, in
0: Pittsburgh, you only need to make $32,390 salary to buy a house in the city of Pittsburgh. All right. So... Uh, it's interesting to me. New York is actually lower than Boston, Los Angeles, and San Diego now. Um, so we're, you know, it's
1: getting a little better. Well, no, certainly not. <laughs> it's getting a lot worse out there. Uh, I think what's interesting though, is with a lot of like the numbers here, is what are they really counting as a house? Like to technically own a little a tiny home. shoebox? Of, but yeah, yeah, but what I mean—that's true, I guess. I,
0: and that's the thing too. Like, I bet you a thirty-two thousand dollars house in Pittsburgh is all right. Probably get a nice, nice go for thirty-two thousand. Well, not thirty thousand dollar house, but if but you're like making thirty two thousand dollars, that's, 000, right. yeah. that's yeah. what you're paying.
1: But right. they're probably saying the absolute lowest salary you can have to buy the absolute smallest house you can you think buy. Think so? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that makes
3: sense. Yeah. Because if it even... has to
1: go to the extremes like that, you know what I mean? Like if you, it says what's the New York City is what like eighty six and change. Uh, yeah. You're making eighty six thousand dollars a year. You're not buying just like any old house anywhere in New York. Like you're severely limited. for what Yeah, it's you're true. Buy. Eighty-six thousand dollars in New York does not go as far as you think it Same does. Same thing. If you're making thirty-two, three in Pittsburgh, you're not buying mm-hmm. like a nice three-bedroom, like house with a lawn on that money. Um, the cities, the five cities that were the lowest: uh, we Detroit, St. Louis, Cincinnati, Cleveland,
0: and Pittsburgh. Uh, Detroit was thirty-eight thousand five hundred, and that was the the highest of those five cities. Of those five cities, which one would you feel the most comfortable in? I hate to say Cleveland, but I feel like it'd be Cleveland <laughs> in a weird way. Boy,
1: you really put uh, it to me, huh? I'll take. I, I want to take. I'm gonna have to take Pittsburgh. It's closest to home. Hmm. It is closest to home. <laughs> I'll take Cleveland for thirty-five thousand, Alex. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Pittsburgh too. I got family Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. Yeah, let's do yeah. it.
0: Yeah,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I can't
0: get past the Steelers thing. The Steelers <laughs> drive me out of Pittsburgh. Jewish fans, come at me! Because you uh, are a
1: closet NFL super fanatic.
0: Closet yeah, NFL right. super fanatic. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's why I'm glad I live up here. Cost of living isn't
3: quite as bad when you live here. It is amazing. You know. There's uh there's some good ones not on that list though. Like like Phoenix is really high on my list, and I don't think it's going to be super expensive. In fact, I know it's not super expensive. Shaking your head. Not, not a, a fan. Not a not fan of Arizona. Ever, ever. Not, a fan, not a, of a fan of Arizona. I'd Really be
1: dead. No. Oh come, come not on. A fan.
0: Really. Not a fan of Arizona.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, that dry heat. terrible. It's it's hot all the time and it's propped up by a water cartel that goes against nature and it's gonna be run dry and into the ground. It's not sustainable, it's hot desert. See me on that Mad Max. No. It'll be me out there. (laughs) It'll be (laughs) uh, me and my
3: followers in my compound that I can afford, by the way.
0: Phoenix, Arizona. Mediocre. (laughs) Uh,
3: let's let's The
1: Southwest as a whole. Nice place (laughs) to visit. Not a nice place to live.
0: Well, let's move into this week's interview. Um, this week I sat down with Michelle Truett. She is the president and uh, founder of 484 Designs, but that's not really a total um, accurate description of what she actually does. She is very active in this community. You've seen her doing the TEDx events. Uh, she's been involved with the Bag Square Association in the past, uh, she's working on her current new project, the Faces of Utica Project, which went up yesterday all over the city. There's going to be uh, murals. Uh, it's, it's photos of local business owners together uh, on, these, uh, on these signs that are plastered all over the city. Sadly, Justin Parkinson is one of those people. His face is out there in the world. Now they know what he looks like. Uh, I told her they picked the least photogenic member of Maiden Utica to represent the company, uh, but, you know, they're trying to get a real angle here. So uh, so let's go into this week's interview, uh, our overdue interview with Michelle Truitt. And we'll be back in just a little bit. I good use this, out of it. I love this computer and I got to say I know I get a lot of I get a lot of flack for being like an Apple guy like oh you got the iPhone you got yeah. a a MacBook whatever. This MacBook is in rough shape. I spilled a glass of orange juice on it yeah. like three years ago yeah. and I just keep waiting for it to just... It, one of these days, it's just not going to turn on. <laughs> I mean, it's coming sooner than later. I
2: think I have like the one before this. It's all silver. Oh, and yeah. yeah. Man, that kept me through some hard times. I just got a new one. You got a new uh, one? Yeah, I just had to because the... I love them. Something weird happened with all my Adobe software. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, it was a bug that Adobe sent out and like shut my shit down because I, I didn't upgrade <laughs> until the very last minute till I just couldn't anymore because it's expensive, you know? It is. And you're so and it's like, Jesus Christ, i can to drop $1,200. Well, though.
0: what drives me nuts is, you know, I- I've done most of my college education, most of the podcasting I've ever done has been on this computer. Mm-hmm. I'm very nostalgic for it You're now. Attached. And it, I'm attached yes. to it, and it's going to be yeah. sad when I have to get yes. a new one. Um, I, ca- I
2: can't throw the first computer out that I I had the first <laughs> Mac ever made with the oh, blue yeah. the blue bubble thing oh, in the handle. Oh, yes, yes. It's oh, still my attic.
0: Those were... I wouldn't throw that away. Those are collector's items.
2: It now. is. It's in my attic, and I just will <laughs> never. We're going yeah. to move soon, and I'm like, I, it's going with me. I don't know what I'm going to do <laughs> That was the it.
0: first Apple product that I remember being like, everyone was, whoa, yeah, whoa. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like that with video game systems. I have my old Super Nintendo and regular Nintendo. Nice. That I They don't even work anymore, but I'm like, yeah. I, I feel weird just throwing these away. I, I don't know. I know. Um, Michelle, I had I'm to go sorry. back. Before I forget, I yep. want to introduce you since we're already a minute in. I haven't said that we're here talking with okay. Michelle Truitt, the uh, the president and founder of Four Eight Four Designs, uh, and we're going to talk today about your Faces of Utica project. But
2: sounds good. How uh, are I you? Want, I'm doing great, actually. <laughs> awesome.
0: But I wanted to let you know I, I had to go back in the archives because mm-hmm. after we talked uh, on on Facebook today, mm-hmm. I was like I wanted I want to say that Michelle's been on the show before, but I don't remember having her on the I show. I
2: haven't. Nope.
0: Well, here's the thing. We did have an episode very early on that was from not this year's TEDx event, but last oh, year's yes. TEDx yeah. event. Yep. And I think you may have been on that episode, which was broken up in between we basically yes. took all the short interviews we did. Yep. So we did have okay. you on uh, we did have you on then, but that was really a short form interview. Uh, you are actually the first husband and wife combination to be on the show. Your husband Brett was on not too long ago. Oh, so nice. congratulations. You guys are <laughs> the
2: first Thank you.
0: married couple to be on the show <laughs> separately. Congratulations. Excellent.
2: I won't ask what he was talking about.
0: Oh, that's all right. We, well, we can get that <laughs> later on, but that's okay. Uh, but I was—TEDx was probably the first time I uh, had ever met you uh, yeah. in, in in person. I know you're not necessarily doing work with Bag Square Associates anymore, but I will say, for me personally, uh, last year when I came back from New York City, I saw mm-hmm. you speak at the Back to Bag Square event. Yeah, at um, the incubator, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, and I'm
2: still helping with. Um, I'm on the marketing committee still. Yes. Yeah, so I'm sure. still doing a lot of uh, design work and helping yeah. them out with that type of thing. But I'm not on the board anymore. Mm.
0: Well, that was a, a fascinating uh, presentation you did. Thank by you. The way, and I just wanted Thank to you. let you know that was
2: that was like like the history, right? And I, then it was going into.
0: I'm a sucker for stuff like that. Yes, That's big for me. It's
2: one of my favorites. That was my <laughs> concentration in college. actually. Actually, was, uh, I did graphic design and history. Nice. And it's funny that now it's all kind of coming to a head where I get to do these great graphic design <laughs> programs that are rooted in history. So mm. I'm in my glory right now. Well,
0: you're right. That's right in my wheelhouse. I'm a mm-hmm. history major who's going back to college nice. for teaching. So this is like... This is a whole new world for me. I go to class and they're like, all right, your homework today is a lesson plan. I'm like, oh, man, this is... Yeah. like, no!
2: <laughs> what is, can I just
0: read about something? Is this, <laughs> uh, but I want to... So let me... Let's put, you, let's put it this way. I always mm-hmm. ask people this question because a lot of times I have a hard time defining it. What would you say is your byline if you were describing yourself? You were the... Uh, Ooh,
2: good question. This yeah. is usually what I ask clients. Yeah. <laughs> I always say I'm like the pot calling the kettle black because I can't do it myself, <laughs> but... You know, I guess um, I would describe myself as a graphic designer that's community-minded mm-hmm. and loves to help the city.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. I did a little bit of research because, as you know, oh I am a very professional, uh, very professional <laughs> journalist heard. here. Lowercase J. Um, so. You were not born and raised in Utica. You were born in yeah. Sparta, New Jersey.
2: Sparta, New Jersey. Very it takes nice. a little more to be a Spartan. am <laughs> a Sparta people out there. Yep, I'm totally a Jersey girl. I mm-hmm. love Bruce Springsteen. And, Wonderful. Uh, we go down the shore. It's a great time.
0: Do you still have a family in Jersey? Oh, yeah,
2: yep. I've got my brothers, my nephews, my new uh, baby mm-hmm. niece. My dad's there.
0: Mm-hmm. And you were, uh, and if my research is correct, you went all the way up through high school in Sparta. Yeah, yep. Wonderful.
2: Yep, I graduated, and then um, I got into a few schools. Mm. I actually got into Cornell and Rutgers, Who every New nice. Jersey yeah, girl safety Jersey. school. <laughs> it's like everybody gets into Rutgers. The
0: Syracuse of New Jersey. everyone. The wants Syracuse to... of New
2: Jersey. <laughs> Rutgers University. But, you know, everybody kind of did that. And um, then I got into RIT. Wonderful. And when I went up to RIT to visit, I just absolutely fell in love mm. with it as soon as I stepped foot there. And Wonderful. that's where yeah. I went for my four years for my graphic design degree.
0: What were you, uh, before we get too far away from mm-hmm. New Jersey, I'm curious, what were you? Uh, <laughs> what was your life like down there? Were you an uh, athlete? Were you oh, yeah. Were you into like, what, yeah. was, what was your thing in high school? What were you most known for?
2: I was uh, a gymnast, gymnast? actually. Gymnast, really? Yep, yep. And I did true. Mm. And get this, I was a disc throw, discus thrower yes. and a shot putter. Yes. Yep. Oh, I no. was a pretty good shot putter.
0: Shot put. <laughs> I,
2: I was... had my own. <laughs> you had your own shot put? Yeah, I totally put holes all in the backyard.
0: Oh yeah, that must yeah. have been, your parents must have really enjoyed that. They a loved lot. it, yeah. It was all good. That makes sense because I did have to research on your Facebook page. I saw you were very uh, you're posting a lot of Olympic stuff, so that sort of makes sense to oh, me now yes. that you were. I love the
2: Olympics, and now my my son is uh, almost sixteen, and oh, yeah. he's a gymnast over nice. at Valley Gymnastics. Oh, wonderful! So he's getting into some really cool stuff. Is so. Mrs.
0: Henderson still there? I don't know if that's really vague. She used to be at Valley Gymnastics when I was a kid. She might be gone by did, now. Did
2: were you a gymnast when you were a kid?
0: No, she was our she was our. Elementary school gym teacher, but oh, okay. she also happened to work at Valley Gymnastics. Gotcha.
2: I don't think she's still there. That yeah, doesn't if, ring a bell.
0: I just remember because at Hugh School as a kid, we did a lot of like tumbling and gymnastics stuff yeah. in our gym class. And I was like, and as I got older, I'm like, oh, okay, I see what's going yes. on. Yes. Oh, <laughs> good love marketing. <laughs> I guess I
2: could still throw up a handstand. My son has a, he's got an mm-hmm. Instagram account and he calls himself That Handstand Kid. Mm-hmm. So I'm always taking pictures of him and I'll throw it up once in a while.
0: Did you carry any of this through to RIT with you when you went there? Did you do sports at all when you were there? Um,
2: I didn't. I, um, I was just uh, talking the other day. I showed up. I was gonna do crew. I thought rowing oh, nice. crew would be okay. really cool. And yeah. then um, I got to the meeting, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna wake up at five a.m. on Saturdays and yes. go up to Lake Ontario in yes. the winter." I'm like, "You know, I don't know about that." And I, you know, I still, I kind of wish I did it, but I had to work through college, so sure. I waitressed and bartended oh, yeah. and did my thing and had to make money to put myself through.
0: So. Mm, preach, sister. Yeah. I know what that's like. Yeah, I know how that goes. So you were, uh, so you graduated from uh, RIT. You went mm-hmm. there with you said graphic design yep. and history. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to date you, but what year? What year did you graduate from class
2: in ninety eight? Ninety eight, yeah.
0: Okay, so nineteen ninety eight, you graduate RIT. Um, now, the next thing I know, based on my research, is two thousand eight was when you founded uh, four eight four. Yeah. So I'm sort of curious between the time post college mm-hmm. to when you made it to Utica. What brought sure. you from Rochester to Utica in that de- in that decade period? A boy a boy
2: yes Mm. Yep. he was uh, Utican he graduated from Proctor and um, (laughs) I met him out I I always tell this story because it's funny I met him out (laughs) at a club in Rochester you know we were in school and I think it was senior year And uh, he came back here to go to Mm. Utica College. He was a big baseball player. Yeah. played for UC. And um, after I was done with my degree, I'm like, hey, I could do whatever the hell I want right now. I can Mm. go anywhere. (laughs) So (laughs) lo and behold, that anywhere was Utica. And I came here for him, and he was wrapping up with UC. And I said, all right, we'll stay here in Utica for Mm. a year. And then I was ready to kind of get out of the cold at that time. And, Mm. um, you know, I was looking at Atlanta or Phoenix or North Carolina. Yeah, Yeah, I was ready to kind of, like, move. And then um, I got a job Actually, I was bartending in Rochester at Ruby Tuesday, and oh, okay. I, I transferred to the one here at the mall, yes. and we made a killing, and yes. I have great friends still that great I, I worked with. Okay.
0: I used to work at the FYE in that mall, so once oh in a while we would order from the Ruby Tuesdays and go pick uh, it up. Oh, so.
2: it's so good. A Great salad bar. I'm so sad it's closed, but... Hmm. Um, yeah, I worked here and then it was uh, 1998 so the internet wasn't really booming and yeah. finding jobs and looking for that was difficult. So I sure. picked up my first apartment was on Plant Street. Yes, we lived Plant there. Street. And those oh row God. houses behind Dunkin Donuts. <laughs> so we lived there and I remember uh, my boyfriend at the time saying, "I got this I got this apartment. It's $285 a month." Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, I love you. <laughs> this is awesome." So we were there, and we had um, the phone book, and I looked through the phone book mm. at Graphic Designers. I called one lady who was a solo entrepreneur and just uh, freelancing, and she was like, I'm not hiring, but there's this new agency that just started in New York Mills. Why don't you give them a call? Mm. And I called and um, got a gig pretty much awesome. out of the phone book. I've, I always joke and say I've done one interview and one resume in my entire <laughs> life, and that was the first and only job that I had before I really kind of started out on my own. Mm. So Wonderful. Wonderful. Yep, I worked there, and um, the art director left after about a year in, and mm. they offered me that job. Wonderful. So, yeah, it was great. I was an art director, creative director, you know, just learned everything there was to know about agencies. Wonderful. And worked there for four years. Now,
0: yeah. 98 through 2008 is an interesting time um, in this region, mm-hmm. specifically. Um, so, I'm trying to think. I left I left at Utica in 2007, 2008. So, I probably okay. left right around the time you were starting okay. 484. Okay. And now you've been involved uh, going back from 98, so I'm going to go from 98 to today. Yeah. So you've seen the bad and the good. Yeah. What can you, uh, from your experience, what was Mm -hmm. it like from 98 to 2008 when it seemed like that was the era where most people were, I feel like that was an era where people were the most negative about this Oh, I
2: agree. I agree. And I always even say to myself, Mike, my love affair's gone up and down with you because like a roller coaster. I I remember moving here and I'm really into reading and books and love it and I moved here, and two weeks later, the bookstore at the mall closed down. And we had like no borders, no Barnes and Noble. We're like, Books? what did I do? Was that the name of it, it, it down Books? by Target? I'm trying to think. Oh man, it was it, it was, was sad. Dumb, or, or whatever it was at the time. It was um, Bradley's, I think. Yes, okay. And, yeah, right. it was down that way in the mall. But I'm like, oh, what did I do? And you know, I think when I was that young at that time. I was like twenty two mm-hmm. or twenty-three and mm-hmm. I got my job and I was really diving into that and I was just feeling very lucky that I yeah. got a job in my field and I was doing some really great, awesome work. You know, we did um we were working for Daniel Green shoes at the time mm-hmm. in Dodgeville and we had ads that were in Oprah magazine and GQ nice. and all this cool yeah. stuff. So we were in my mind, like just in the Utica area, we were doing some really cool things. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't as involved in the community until, you know, fast forward to two thousand two, I got laid off. Yeah. My son was one and a half. Yeah. I had that Jeez. Mac I was talking about, the first yeah, iMac <laughs> ever made with the handle on it. And, um, you know, I remember going home that day and I said, you know what, I'm starting my own firm. And so mm. this was 2002. I had, um, I started a firm called the M&G Group in 2002, and mm. it was me and two other partners. And we did that from 2002 until 2008 when I yeah. reincorporated and started 484. So mm. I've kind of still, I've been running my own firm since 2002, so we're going on 14 years. Nice, yeah, which is crazy. why 484. I was curious. Crazy. 484 is actually the PMS color in my uh, or Pantone color. I always say PMS, people <laughs> giggle. But go ahead, giggle. That's okay. No, that's Get okay. I giggle every time. It's all right. It's not- <laughs> It's the Pantone color that's in my yeah. uh, corporate identity, so it's the red. Oh, so it's nice! Kind of like you know, um, energetic and kind of fiery, and that's mm. what I like to kind of bring to my mm. projects. What
0: yeah. would you say uh, specifically with your company that you? What's what? There's a lot of graphic design companies sure. in general, but what makes you guys stand apart? Yeah. From, in your opinion.
2: Oh, that's a good one. Again, this is Tough. the stuff I ask my Tough my questions. clients. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know i've got the i've got close to you know twenty years of professional graphic design experience so like mm. when it comes to the stuff the programs and, and doing the projects and stuff like that the technical skills i've just had that what i've honed in over the years is the the branding the strategy sure. i even write i do mm, uh, wonderful. I, I do quite a bit of writing and quite a bit of interviewing you know if it, mm. if i'm working on an annual report I do it from soup to nuts and Excellent. absolutely everything but I really hone in on marketing I worked with um I, I work a lot with nonprofits, social enterprises, yeah. and uh, new businesses, you know, startups, because that is the energy that I like to be around. Makes I remember sense. starting up, Positive you know, energy. you know, oh, you yeah. know, starting up. There's just such an excitement about, you know, what you're doing, getting your ideas down, starting mm. to see things come to fruition. And I do a lot of corporate identity mm. work, so oh, yeah. it's really rewarding for me to put together mm. logos and different things mm. and kind of show them. And they're seeing mm. all of their hard work and everything, kind of get into this visual form no. it's great so. well
0: your hard work comes through in the in the work you have produced, which is always really really yeah. positive and great so congratulations Thanks. on Thank that you. uh and i do want to talk about your your newest project which uh, is the faces of utica project yes. which by the time people hear this i believe uh Monday was the day you guys.
2: Yeah, Monday the nineteenth. Monday the nineteenth yeah, is the yep, day we'll we're going this we're so. gonna, uh, it was
0: Yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> it was I know it's yeah. weird. We're <laughs> doing the yesterday. interviews. Yeah, yesterday, <laughs> magic of radio. So
2: we're on Tuesday. Yeah. Right? So yeah. Today so. is Tuesday
0: theoretically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So the um the banners themselves. So the faces of Utica project. Mm-hmm. We I'm gonna uh, rewind to about 2014. Excellent. I love and it. And we did. Um, I'm working with Rust Green, which mm-hmm. is part of Cornell Cooperative Extension, yes. which is a spinoff of Cornell University. Mm-hmm. So we have the Urban Studio on the third floor of City Hall. Yes, and yes, I work with wonderful. Diane Shoemaker, and I know you've had Caroline Williams yeah, Karen, on the show. Yeah, a sweet lady. I was going to say yeah. she's she's a they wonderful, are great. I, I have never met two women at this this <laughs> caliber and this level that mm-hmm. work you know with the with the intricacies and the accuracy and the excitement and the hours that these two mm-hmm. work. So we, we're kind of a a team in what we're doing. Yeah. So Diane kind of um, came in. She was working at the city of Rome in urban and economic development. So then she, quote, unquote, retired. And then, you know, Mayor Palmieri had her come to Utica, and she started doing some consulting. Hmm. So she met with, um, she was doing something in Bag Square with the park down there, the Bag Commemorative Park where yeah, one, uh, Bag's Hotel used to stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I know what you're talking about. Yeah,
2: good history there. We, could, we history. could do a whole show just on that <laughs> that space, which is awesome. So she was, um, she was working on there. She... Um, kind of found out that the Bag Square Association was um, it got a 501c3 together back in 1978 Mm. and their purpose was to save Union Station from being demolished which they did because it's still standing of course and um, a couple guys met for beers every every year and did the necessary uh, paperwork and taxes and whatnot Mm. and filings to keep that 501c3 alive so she's like hey there's this 501c3 let's get the players together so Mm. you know long story short she really resurrected the Bag Square Association got us where we had to go Got us, you know, obtained and, and found and obtained that National Grid grant for a quarter million dollars that we were able to do all of this real visual, fantastic stuff like the timeline mural, like the mural above Taylor mm. and the Cook, all the yeah. the pole banners, uh, things like that. With when we did a branding for Bag Square, we did you know a huge um, public survey. We did uh, like mm. thirty stakeholder interviews. So we did that all in Bag Square just to show what it could do, right? Mm-hmm. And show branding done yeah. properly. Branding doing uh, branding done from the inside out. Then we moved over to downtown. So downtown was a a little bit different. We got, you know, you go back to what did Utica look like and what did people feel those years. It really came out in the public survey. So I had like 860 people, I think it was 50 or 60 people, um, tell us exactly what they thought of downtown. And it was a lot of, you know, it was desolate, it was empty, it was dirty, it was scary. You know, I think I started with some of those words on my TED talk and everybody was like, no, like, yes. Uh, Yeah,
0: I think... (laughs) It, it is interesting actually. Uh, I'm not trying to plug an event we already did, but mm-hmm. during the downtown get down was probably the first time that I've done a lot of straight up walking between our offices yeah. and Bag Square and Franklin yeah. Square and the United County Market. Mm-hmm. And I, and for the first time since I've been back, I sort of felt it all coming together. Like for the first time, I was like, okay, I kind of, yeah, this makes sense. This makes more sense than it did yes. when I left in 2007. Yes. Le- you know what I mean? Yeah.
2: It makes it more sense than it even did, or it feels different than it did even the two years ago. Yes, it really so, does. You know, we're actually planning on doing another branding survey probably in January or mm. February because that'll be our two year mark, mm. and I really want to gauge what the perception has, mm. the change in perception between I mean, the past couple of years.
0: Well, one of the things I constantly say on this show, I've said it many times, is I'm very happy that things are moving the way they're moving, and mm-hmm. people are being more productive, and, and people aren't afraid to, to start new businesses and, and do new things and, mm-hmm. and build exciting projects. But I get concerned sometimes that I'm afraid people will think we've reached the finish line when in reality we're we've reached the starting line. Now things are moving in the right direction. Yeah. It's too easy. I, I get I'm afraid sometimes that it gets easy for people to be like, oh well things are moving in the right direction. Let's yeah. just Yeah,
2: I don't have to help. I, I don't have, have to do to, yeah. anything. Yeah. Which is yeah, which is the polar opposite. I mm. mean I think that you're right, you've looked at the new businesses that have opened just recently. Everything yeah. from the skateboard companies and the cafes and the coffee shops mm. and Taylor and the Cook, the Thinky you know, all of these great things. And then, you know, part of the faces of Utica and part of our campaign, Mm. so going back to our our branding campaign, when we came out, we decided the campaign was going to be get to know a new downtown. And that's all of the things that we've been doing are educating people and sharing the things that are going on downtown to invite them to come explore. And we we use that verbiage a lot. It's just come explore new neighborhoods, the Levitam concert series, Mm. come explore Oneida Square. A couple years ago, would you have ever gone to Oneida Square for like world class jazz music and <laughs> funk and blues and all that we had all summer. I never, right? I'd
0: never expected Oneida Square to be what it is now when I when I left. It, it was such a surprise to see what people do in that space now. Especially yeah. and you and I don't want to go too far back. You talk about mm-hmm. Plant Street. Yep. Living on Plant Street. Yeah. When I was a kid growing up, I was fifteen, sixteen playing in bands, Plant Street used to be the only location that mm-hmm. would let local original live bands play there and do their thing. That was oh, a get big, out of here. that was a big location and that was right in the era when a lot of, from my musician perspective, a lot of the places that allowed us to do that all closed and left. Those, was mm-hmm. all tied into that same feeling of everybody, like, last one out of Utica, turn off the lights, which is my least favorite quote of all time, but yeah. that was a thing that was yep. real. So, yeah.
2: yep, those don't um, bumper stickers. I, I saw a bumper sticker. I took a picture of one. I forget where I saw it, but it said, I'd rather be in Utica, New York. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, see, that's great. That Give me tea. that. I love it.
0: Um, <laughs> I, a didn't want, I, mean, I didn't mean to cut you off from what you were saying. Nope. I do apologize um, and I did want to I did want to mention you know you've chosen a really really nice selection of folks you have 64 different people on the yep. banners this year so
2: yep so this is banner the, we did uh, banners downtown last yeah. year on Genesee Street and we did 32 so mm. last year we picked the kind of unsung heroines right yes. so the people who work downtown so when we were talking about Munson Williams mm. Proctor Arts Institute one of our biggest assets um, we used one of the guards there. And when we use the library, we use one of the librarians. Awesome. The Stanley, it was one of the volunteers in the full oh, regal. So this year, we decided... I'm like, you know, we've got the same 32 banners, but we could do a lot more and showcase a lot mm-hmm. more um, downtown businesses and people who work there. So we've got 64 people on 32 banners. They're yeah. coupled up. This was like... I was joking all through the process of this. I'm like, what did I get myself into? Because there's 64 people that you have to, A, schedule for a photo photo shoot, shoot. right? And talk about what to wear and everything. So it it went relatively smooth, actually. Get them into the studio, shoot them all in a few days, and then we were creatively coupling them on the banner where they had two words at the top. So we're speaking to the end user, right? We're speaking to the people that we're inviting to come downtown Mm -hmm. and telling them what they can do, right? So we needed to find two words and on each banner we wanted them to start with the same letter and they had to be less than about six or seven letters long and they had to be a verb. So... You really
0: put a lot of limits it was here It awesome.
2: Your Actually, speaking of RIT, I had a great... Um, <laughs> It was like, I said it was like being Will Shorts, the uh, the uh, Wall Street Journal uh, puzzle guy, because it was yes. crazy. We had these, like, intricate things of Post-its and moving it around. I had an intern working with me a little for the summer. He's uh, um, going to be a junior at RIT, so he was a big help in trying to figure out. And we really worked with the people we were um, photo uh, shooting to say, you know, if you had to boil your company down to one business or one word, yeah. what, what would it be? And they're like, oh, come on. We just came to get our picture taken. <laughs> but, you know, they came in and there's things like, you know, style and scoop in downtown or build and brand, mm-hmm. print and party, taste and travel. You know, we've got these mm-hmm. really cool words. And the whole purpose of the campaign is to show the people who are working and own businesses and, you know, working their butts off downtown and then also talk to people to say, hey, don't don't forget, this is what you can do downtown. Mm. I could probably get it done triple the amount of banners. You know, there's just, there's hundreds yeah. of things, hundreds of people. Mm. You hear a lot that, you know, downtown in the 50s and 60s, you know, used to be the place, right? Yeah. People used to of come course. down and spend the Saturday. There was a lot of retail. And, of course, it's not like that anymore. Mm. But, you know, we're coming back in different ways. And there are still people like, mm-hmm. you know... Um, Nicholas Jewelers and Ed Edlasek Optical World; those two guys name. are great. They're wonderful, <laughs> and they're like, okay, we'll be on a banner together. I'm like, all right, well, you guys have to figure out your words because <laughs> But they've been down there since the '80s. Yeah. You know, Jerry DeShalvo from the antique store no in Oneida Square has been there since the '80s. These mm. people have been down there through the thick and thin. Yeah. So we're celebrating them as well as people like uh, Brent, who just uh, opened up Scoops and Sandwiches yes. no in Oneida Square, yeah, yeah, cool yeah. ice cream shop. <laughs> he's he's fantastic. And then you guys just moved down too, or made in Utica just moved. Yes. Down. Yes. So. We we put, you, we put Justin on there, too.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to talk to you about that. Yeah, uh well, One thing. <laughs> I, I'm very happy that anyone from Maiden Utica made a banner. That's great. I'm surprised you chose... Easily the least photogenic <laughs> member of Aiden Utica, the one who we can no. barely get to dress up for any occasion, let alone yeah. for a photo. That's he gonna did be up fantastic.
2: On. You know what's funny about him? There's um, I we shot at Nancy Ford's studio in Franklin oh, Square. She's great too, by the way. Beautifully set up. Yeah. I, I can't say enough about Nancy. Like just the process and the quality yeah. and the end product. I have. I just know I'm getting uh, the yeah, greatest.
0: She's, she's a professional. All the way through. 100%. She is.
2: And, you know, working with all these people to get them... Count. Nobody yeah. likes their pictures taken. Nobody mm-hmm. likes pictures themselves. And a lot of people... You know, we had 64 people that we had to not all have the same hand gestures and yes. things, you know? So not a lot of people can cross their arms and look good doing it. Mm. I don't know if you yeah. know that. They're all... Yes. You know, some people... Yeah, like it's this. a lot of, Very yeah, awkward. Justin Parkinson is the... Ultimate arm crosser. I'll give him that. That's. that's, He did a great job.
0: That's one of the most apt descriptions of Justin (laughs) Parkinson I've ever heard. Nobody crosses their arm. Justin, you're
2: such an arm crosser.
0: (laughs) So let me ask you the question that I'm sure you've never heard ever before while doing this. Okay. How come I didn't get to be on the banner, How Michelle? How come I didn't get to How be How come I'm not on a banner, well, Michelle? Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I know.
2: I, I, you know, I only get that a little bit. So first of all, to, to be on the banner, you have to be in the downtown district, right. which we kind of course. define as Franklin Square to Oneida Square mm-hmm. from north to south, and then the arterial to Park Ave mm-hmm. sure. from east to west. Wonderful. So you've got to be down there, first of all. Um, You know, we started, It is. again, it's a puzzle, right? And I'm trying to look at a mix of all sorts of things from different industries. So we really wanted um, something for travel. We wanted something for banking. You know, we start with the industries and then hone in on the people that could represent that. We also wanted a mix of older businesses, like I said, who've been there for, you know, decades and decades. Down to the new businesses that just opened. Like we put mm. um, Dave from Grimeco on there that just yeah, opened up on yeah. Bank Place. You know, we've got um Mikasa restaurant. People just opened about a year ago.
0: Underrated, pretty good over there.
2: Oh good. read it. Pachuga de Vaya, that's all I gotta say. You don't even <laughs> need to say it's the first thing on uh, the menu under dinners. It's ridiculous. I,
0: Justin Parkinson got Mikasa. I think for four weeks straight, when they first opened, mm-hmm. every single day he was back over there. I mean, really, you're, you're addicted, man. Yeah. Even now, if I if yeah. I said me if I yell Mikasa upstairs right now, it might be enough to drag him down here and <laughs> make him go down to the thing room. Um,
2: oh, meet you there anytime. Now, how long?
0: Will these banners be up just for for my sake of architecture? So yep,
2: they're going to be up. We're a little late in the year. Um, we didn't get approval for funding till a little late, and mm. then just the whole logistics. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get them up. They're going up Wednesday, so sure. September twenty first. Yeah. We're going to keep them up till probably the end of October. Uh, this weather changes real quick here, of course, as you know. As, the the Genesee Street, Lafayette, all down there, Bleecker is a wind tunnel. So when we had these up last year, I was yeah. doing a lot of time working with my buddies at DPW to kind of keep them up and from falling, uh, you know, flying off. So we're going to keep them up for a couple of months. We're going to take them down and store them, and then we're going to throw them back up in May. Nice. So nice. yeah, it'll be nice. I, I like to try to have things up for Boilermaker Weekend when there's a lot of people in, and um, the Munson, are a Sidewalk Art Show, you know, so that we can really have them up.
0: So it is too late, of course, to to Photoshop a Kate Riley or a me over Justin's face at this point in time. I would like, say you
2: could Photoshop you guys like on a shirt. Yeah, <laughs> like, really, really fun. You know. No,
0: um, <laughs> look, I think this is a, I think this is a great idea. Um, even when Utica was in sort of the downer periods, I had always felt that there was a lot of creativity in this city. I, it's hard to define creativity, but mm-hmm. I've always felt like I was surrounded by people who had these great ideas and just didn't have a platform to present them. And whether it's the the time we live in now where people have more access to technology or mm-hmm. the ability to make things mm-hmm. that are personal to them become reality, uh, maybe the time just caught up with the people, I think there's a really fascinating growth of creative folks and people who want to do something here and this is a great great easy well not easy for you but I mean (laughs) it's a simple way to showcase the good things that are happening um, in a way that also makes the city look Look better, but also makes us feel more prideful about what's going on. Yeah, you That's-
2: got it. I think those those prideful people and those those Utica lovers have always been here, but I think the naysayers just outweigh them and we're louder. Mm. For, yeah, for so long, for a long time, right? Yeah. Now I tell you, I make I started the downtown Utica Facebook page, and we've been running it pretty good, mm. like seventy, eighty posts a month, reaching hundreds of yeah. thousands a month. It's great. And I tell you, I, I started it, and, like, I'm going to start having to monitor mm-hmm. crazy comments and, like, this negativity. Yeah. And I think yeah. after, like, a, it's been well over a year and a half, there's only mm-hmm. been a couple things. So, to me, yeah. that's, like, people are.
0: The vibe definitely changed.
2: Yes. People but, are being positive, yeah. and, they're, and they're liking what's going on.
0: If you put up a video five years ago that was, like, is a piece of crap, here's why. You'd get a lot of people who'd be like, yeah. oh, hilarious, you're right, Utica sucks, right? Yeah, like, it, yeah, yeah. And then if one person was like, I don't know, I think that's. You know, that's nonsense. They would get, they'd get trashed on. Yeah. Now, it seems to have shifted the other way. If you have a negative Utica yeah. comment or video. You've got,
2: like, 10, 12 people on them. Yeah, the wolves like, are out. <laughs> the wolves are out quick. You know, so it's awesome. hard to be a
0: troll in today's society. It is. Um, I love it. So, uh, I do want to get into our lightning round uh, question, but... Before we do that, I just want to let people know where they can get a hold of you if they want to learn more about 484 Designs or about you in general. Um, Sure,
2: sure. Um, They can... Email's probably the best. Mm -hmm. I'm also on Facebook. Uh, I'm probably one of the most Googleable people around here, so you can (laughs) always find me if you want to call me. But I'm Michelle at 484design.com. Wonderful. And uh, on Facebook as well. Wonderful.
0: And uh, Michelle, let's get into...
2: And I'm always walking around downtown. You're
0: everywhere. (laughs) Uh, Let's get into the lightning round questions. Oh, boy. Uh, These are the same five questions that we ask every guest for the last 15 to 20 weeks.
2: I didn't brush up. I don't Uh, know what it's okay. At me. These
0: are all these are all pretty pretty easy okay. for you. Question number one: When you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee?
2: It's instant, actually. Instant coffee. I do, yeah, ah. because I I put the tea water on and mm. I read. I read every morning hmm. when I wake up. I read every night before I go to bed. It's so it mellow, gives me reading actually. time. I like that. It is. I oh. like it.
0: All right. All right. Very good. I don't know if we had that one yet. <laughs> all right. Uh, what was your first automobile?
2: Oh, it was my Sparta Blue. <laughs> Ford, 1987 Ford Escort hatchback that I bought with $1,200 cash.
0: Damn. <laughs> all right, all yeah. right. Oh, it
2: was the best. <laughs> Cassette tape, I loved
0: it. I st- you know, my car still has the cassette tape. I'm that old. I still, oh. I put the adapter. In I have so some I cassettes if you want them.
2: to read, it, yes. if you want to listen to. Them.
0: I have one cassette. I have Tim Shram's cassette of his uh, Ginger Vitus album. It came out a couple months ago. I
2: have a lot of it's '90s a- R and B and hip hop. Yes, if you-, if you would like some. Yes, uh, we'll, I'll we'll discuss you
0: that. After the- <laughs> okay. uh, so, in this first car, or maybe not in this first car, mm-hmm. tell us where you went to see your first live music concert.
2: You are never gonna believe. But I didn't go to my first live music concert until I was well in my 20s. That doesn't
0: surprise me. I, yeah. was, I was late with concerts, and you know too.
2: Yeah. Well, I, strict household, right? I was supposed to go hmm. see Madonna in sixth grade oh. down in Jersey, but I wasn't allowed to go. That so must have been a
0: big deal. My
2: <laughs> first, I, I was 20-something. My son was born, so I must have been 26. And it was supposed to be LL Cool J, yes. who is my love. Ladies love Cool J. Ladies, Jeez. this lady loves Cool J. Cool <laughs> love I have a side story about that. But his <laughs> wife got sick, and it was Busta Rhymes. But he was still awesome. Oh. Yeah.
0: I still would have liked that one. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Give me one book, album, or movie you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Ooh. TV shows count here as well. A lot of people like to talk about Netflix or TV shows yeah, in this section Yeah, I just as well. finished
2: the Netflix, um, The Fundamentals of Caring, which oh. was phenomenal. Mm. My son loved it. I am going to watch it for like a third time.
0: Interesting. I, yeah. I never even, I've never even seen that
2: one. It's good. It's they're, Netflix is doing a lot of original movies, really? so it's an original movie. Huh. Yep, and I just started Short Term 12 today too. Mm. I, I kind of keep the laptop going while I'm working at night yeah, yeah. and I listen to stuff at that. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a sucker for Dancing with the Stars.
0: Ah, <laughs> very nice, very <laughs> nice. Yep. Uh, I only find that impressive because I have, zero coordination so anyone who yeah. can do anything oh, is impressive I love
2: to it. me i love it
0: uh and michelle truitt uh president and founder of 484 designs uh local community magnate always out there <laughs> doing lots of things give me one other thing you are passionate about
2: i'm passionate about snowboarding
0: snowboarding i'm yeah. glad you brought that up yep i had that written down is this something
2: <laughs> i love it i started when i was 30 and my son was five mm. and he started so i started solely to stay cool and okay. have stayed cool for 10 straight years yeah. in a row. Yeah, mom of the year every year. And that that's our thing. Like, we can take a whole Saturday, and who gets to say they get to spend that much quality time with their teenager doing something that you it's, love?
0: It's tough. I, I work in a high school now, and mm-hmm. one of the things I've noticed with kids in this certain age range yeah. is, uh, one, everything's very important. I don't know if you knew that, but everything from the time you're 15 to the time you're yeah. 20 is the most <laughs> important thing that's ever happened, yeah. ever. Uh, but I also, it's hard sometimes to break into that bubble of, like, the things that they care about, mm-hmm. right? It's hard to get a kid to care about history homework when they're worried about their their boyfriend on Snapchat sure. or their girlfriend yeah. texting him or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Just, everything's important. And it's, anytime you can break through and make a connection mm-hmm. at that age when it's so hard to do so... Is a, is a nice thing to have yeah. so I don't know that's you just got me. it I, I
2: mentor a, a, a junior at Proctor really yeah she's uh, i was been with her since she was 11 she's oh, about nice. to turn 17 mm. and we taught her how to snowboard yes and it's like it's a thing you know again uh, you, you take the whole day and it's mm. a little escape
0: before I let you go there's one more mm-hmm. thing I want to ask you about okay. I was on your Facebook doing research today Yeah. stalking you mean I was doing some <laughs> Facebook stalking that's called journalistic integrity yeah. uh,
2: <laughs> call it what you will do you know how to speak Russian um i studied russian my school was one of the best schools I in see. new jersey yeah we got to um study french german spanish and russian man. in seventh grade oh, and then man. we got to pick what we wanted to do huh. from there on so i st- i studied russian from eighth grade to and, and through college I, I know
0: i know a lot of people who speak french a lot of people mm-hmm. who speak spanish but russian's one i don't get very yeah. often what
2: word would you like to know i, I don't remember a lot
0: oh geez um I guess, uh... How about
2: I love ice cream? Sure. Ready? Let's so, ja, ya yeah. blue. Yeah. was it? Ya ja, blue.
0: Ya ja, blue. Morožnaya. Morožnaya.
2: Excellent. Ya ja, lublu morožnaya.
0: Ya ja, lublu morožnaya. <laughs> I close.
2: Damn good. I can
0: barely speak English, guys. Um... <laughs> Michelle, listen, it's a real pleasure uh, to have you on the show. It's probably been overdue. You've been sort of circling around the show and the group group of us for a long time. It's a real pleasure to have you you. on. You
2: guys have been doing a wonderful job. Keep up the work. Let me know know how I can help you um, with anything that is going on.
0: We are just... We've been very lucky that uh, I think more than anything else, me and Justin talk about this all the time, it works because everything else works. Mm -hmm. Uh, It works because... The city's moving in the right direction and you there's so it. many fascinating people. Like I I have a list of people who I've yet to even approach to be on the podcast mm-hmm. who I want to have on just because there's so many people doing yeah, cool stuff.
2: There there really are. Uh, Michelle And thank we have you. to keep and, telling our stories, you know, I keep know. doing what you're doing.
0: I'm trying. We dig it yeah. we just keep keep fighting <laughs> along and eventually hopefully people just keep coming on and coming on and, and that's the way she goes. Michelle yeah. Thank you so much for everything. It's a real pleasure. Thank you, Sam. I
2: appreciate it. And I
0: appreciate Lake coming in on Sunday. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Good luck. Take care. Thank you. We'll be back to the show, folks, in just a moment. You I know, couldn't take I, a photo like I that. I asked her if it was too late you to phot- photo... You don't have to do any good photos, exist. Nah, yeah, but you gotta look pretty. Like, you gotta um, be on it that day. They're gonna put you up. Well, I'm, I'm saying... I asked her if it was too late to Photoshop somebody else over it, or if they're already, like, ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she did give me one one thing that Justin is very... She said, no one looks good crossing their arms... Justin looks great crossing his arms. And I said, yeah, it's about right, actually. It's that on makes, his resume. It's on his resume. Yeah, yeah. Guys, you ready for another history lesson this Power week? Pose. Sure. Yeah. On this day in 1893, uh, New Zealand was the first to allow women the right to vote. With the signing electoral bill by Governor Lord Glasgow of New Zealand. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Let me read that again. Uh, with the signing of the electoral bill by the governor Lord Glasgow, New Zealand became the first country in the world to grant national women rights uh, national voting rights to women. So there you go. That was today, Monday, uh, September nineteenth, eighteen
3: ninety-three. Powerful
0: progressive New Zealand. Right uh, good for New Zealand. Yeah. yeah, a solid thirty years before the U.S. did it. Just, nice. Just a quick shout out. Nice. nice work, USA. So that's tough. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Hey, uh, so did you guys know that the Emmys were last night? I can tell you how I found
3: out. How'd you find out? They updated uh, the Netflix banner with Master of None. Yes, That's how I found out. I'll
1: tell you how I found out. You just said it.
0: Yep. Yeah. (laughs) So the Emmys were on last night, and what I found the most fascinating when I found this out this morning was that last night, we were basically flipping through basic cable. (laughs) We weren't even watching Netflix really last night. We watched, I watched some of the NFL game we were flipping through. I watched a little MeTV. I watched some stuff on the basic cable. And I did not see hide nor hair of the Emmys. Did we walk right past it? Did we flip by it? I don't know what happened. Uh, But the Emmys were last night. The hottest take I got about the Emmys was from the kids uh, at at my high school today who said, who cares about the Emmys? No one watches TV anymore. It's true. Hot take. Hot take from the millennials. Finally somebody says it. it. Yeah. And honestly, I did go back and look at some of the people who won Emmys this year, and it does sort of tie into that concept. A lot of FX shows, a lot of HBO shows, a uh, lot of Netflix stuff. Well, that's for the stuff. best TV, yeah. too. That's absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. not
1: like those are winning because that's what people like better. People like mm. that better because like that's where the good stuff <laughs> is. Yeah. Well, when we were prepping this segment, Kev, you brought up to me. You said were
0: the Emmy- Emmys ever important? I don't think so. I don't think they were ever important. No. Certainly, it's hard to give a an award for television the label important. Yeah, but I do think that. If you go back to the 90s and Seinfeld and Frasier and Cheers and that era of television when people still were watching what amounted to four major networks and a bunch of weird cable, those awards did seem to be more glamorized. People seemed to tune into them more. I think, it's, I think the fact that we don't even know the Emmys are on just speaks to the larger narrative of that style of television, these four major broadcasting companies, has fallen apart long ago, and they're just now realizing it. So, So you guys are my cynicism filter, mm-hmm. which is terrifying sometimes.
3: Uh, so, am I cynical, or is it just that maybe we're all getting over uh, like television, music, and movies celebrating themselves? Because that's what that is. Uh. It's like, hey, look at this great thing that we did. Now let's tell everyone how great it is, and everybody's just kind of like, well,
0: I'll tell you whether it's good or not. Mm. I wonder if our parents felt that way about them in hindsight. Like, I'm curious. Yeah, I don't think my parents... My, I don't know, because my parents still like award shows.
2: Maybe yeah, it's a generational so thing. That's what no, I think. No, because award shows
1: are still, like, fun to watch. Like, you get sucked into watching some shit like that. Yeah, I don't think yeah. anybody ever watched it because they're like... I can't wait to get some resolution into who's gonna win best actor this year. I think they're just like I just wanna watch the shit show. I wanna see the people. Sometimes though, like the Oscars,
3: like the Oscars will be like, Okay, that's a film I should watch then. You know what I mean? Because you'll get yeah, like, true you'll get nominations from the Oscars and you'll be like, Okay, great, that's a movie that I should watch. But even when I watch that and I see people come on and try to advance their political agenda, I just realize that like this is a platform that you created about yourself, by yourself, for yourself. And now you're shoving it in our faces to advance your agenda. As a matter of fact, when are we going to host our podcast awards? Oh,
0: our yes, the yeah. podcast awards. Yeah, we should probably uh, get that going. Yeah, best producer, <laughs>
2: for one year running,
0: <laughs> Sam Um hey. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair point. It. I think we're a generation that looks with cynicism upon yeah. like the the smugness of it all. Yeah, a exactly. Bit, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I still think it would be tight to win a major award. Like It would be tight to win an Emmy, so if you want to give us a podcast award, I will take it, gladly. I will show up at the presentation, but uh, I might still be snarky. I'll be so snarky, I'm going to give you the heads up right now. Uh, I want to bring another story up to you folks. Anything else you want with the Emmys before we move past it like everyone else did? (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) 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 Uh,
1: One more word.
0: Okay. I heard an interesting uh, thing today when I was flipping through uh, my my research for this week. This is from uh, Vox.com. Did you know that most... Cereal brands are discontinued within five years? No. No? Well, that's apparently true. Okay. The, uh, I have a feeling, and Kev, you've said this before about potato chip flavors. I think with cereals, they knocked it out of the park pretty early. All the major cereals everyone likes have been around for a long yeah. time, and everything else is just sort of a retread.
1: I think not even necessarily knocked it out of the park, but they've covered all the bases. There's not too many more permutations you can do without making it something mm. weird that's not really cereal. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh there apparently the
0: major boom for cereals was between 1950 and 1990 uh peaking in the 2000s which was the height of mass of cereals and what they Strong actually talk year well, what they talk about yeah. a lot of it is you'll notice it when you go to the grocery store now you see a lot of cereals that are like tie-ins to other things like the Batman versus Superman cereal right. or the Ninja Turtle cereal if you go back to the 80s and 90s i remember buying Nintendo cereal just cuz i liked Nintendo i think what you you know what i mean like and also This article went on to go that most quote-unquote millennials, that word we hate, don't eat cereal. Don't eat breakfast because they consider it unhealthy. Apparently, we are the only group, this generation, our group, is the only people that still like cereal. Yeah. Cereal's my midnight snack. It's a go-to. Yeah, it's true. I don't eat it in the morning. I just got a box
3: of So here's the trend in cereal I see right now. I've been tracking trends in cereal uh <laughs> oh <No>, really <laughs> yeah it's the combo cereal so what they do mm. is they take solid cereals and they just shake them up and mix them together and then put a new label on them i've got a nice uh, fresh box of honey nut cheerio medley in the uh, cabinet upstairs with a little bit of that granola and some honey nut cheerios some cornflakes
0: solid uh i feel like uh as i yeah, you make a good point. Cereal is like a late night snack now. I yeah. very rarely eat cereal yeah. for breakfast. I would rather eat like a yogurt, right? Or like toast, oatmeal, something. I'm an old man. God, I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> What's your top five cereals? Give me one. Top five cereals? Yeah, what do you got for
3: me? Uh, definitely Honey Nut Cheerios, number one. Wow, that's a hot take. Yeah. Yeah, no, really?
1: really? No, Honey Nut Cheerios are a champion level cereal for most people. That's, mm. Yeah, thank you very I'm much. I'm an apple cinnamon Cheerios man. Ah, oh, now you're Apple cinnamon Cheerios it. are nice, but they're not. They're not what well, honey nut Cheerios are. Honey nut Cheerios are cereal of people. Bro. Where do you put <laughs> the frosted mini wheats? Frosted mini wheats very high on my list. <laughs> Always the sixth man off the bench. For wow, sure. Wow, sixth man, Always. Off, sure. six man off the sure. bench for
3: sure. You know what they are? They're the milk holder. The milk holder. The milk holder, mm. yeah, yeah. I need something. I want it's milk, but I don't want cereal. to just
1: drink milk. It's, like a,
3: it's, a, it's a glue guy.
1: It's intangible. <laughs>
0: intangible is true. He's great field vision. It's you got to have yeah. it. Yeah, you
3: have it in your rotation, but it's not necessarily uh, your go-to. Raisin
1: Bran First Bale Hall of Fame cereal. Ooh. Raisin yeah, Bran. No. Do you like the Raisin Bran Crunch? Not is as it? much as regular Raisin Bran. Really? Yeah, of course. Interesting. That's because it's worse. Ready? <laughs> Frosted Flakes. Yeah. Nah, that's high that's up fair. There. Hot take. Because I like you know what, though? I love cornflakes so for, I would I would rather have cornflakes than frosted flakes really? stuff. Yeah, I don't I'm, I'm, not, I'm like not really that. too much into sweet. I've never had much of a sweet tooth. Yeah. But um any sort of cornflake type mm. endeavor like that is fine in my book. I don't like cornflakes, I don't like frosted
0: flakes because I feel like the minute I pour the milk, it's a race against time until that's a bowl full of mush. It is. Like, that's the... cereal. <laughs> yeah. that's
1: cereal. Yeah. That's called cereal. Not true.
0: <laughs> Tricks. Crispix, Frosted Mini wheats they tend to hold that shape a little bit longer. Mm, number one, you just got
3: me. Number one cereal. especially Chex. Chex. Chex, man. They hold that milk. They keep their form. They got the nice structure to them. Chex. Life is a little bit like that. I
1: would say, uh, yeah. I got a box yesterday at the grocery store, Unsung Hero uh, in the breakfast cereal game, Golden Grahams.
2: Yes.
1: Mm. All right, so I- I'm going to throw this out there.
0: A lot of times with cereal, I fall in the habit of, I'll have a couple bowls of cereal, but what this will divulge into is me eating the cereal like it's a bag of potato chips. Yeah. And certain cereals are better for this than others. Golden Grams are an excellent potato chip cereal.
3: So you I don't like that. It.
1: I need the milk. Uh, you gotta have the I milk. I need the milk. You ever you have the have milk, milk, milk
3: on the side? Milk on the side. Yeah, what? A little milk on the side, man. Did you dip the spoon in the milk. No, you savage. <laughs> you drink the milk. Oh, <laughs> I, thought there, I thought there
0: was like some Just... some
3: fancy French oh. preparation. No, 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 no. No. Yeah. no. Here's the question though, and I'm ready to admit this to anybody who hears it, but I'll tell you how I eat my potato chips. And if you eat your cereal this way, I want you to be honest mm-hmm. with me. Okay. So you get there, you got about a quarter of a bag left. Yes. You dump in the bag in your mouth. You're not reaching your hand in there. Sure. Okay, good. All right, that's how I'm eating my chips too, man. I'm not digging down in the bottom quarter of that bag with my fingers. Get my fingers all salty. I don't think quarter
1: is the cutoff, but I hear what you're saying. All right, okay.
0: <laughs> um, here's I got one last one for you. All right, so you got a bowl of cereal. You pour a fresh bowl of cereal. You pour the milk in it. You finish the cereal. You go back to put more cereal in the old milk, or do you pour the old milk out and put new milk in?
1: Depends how much milk you've got left and how tainted the milk has been. If yes. you got some real high level mm. like. A cinnamon toast crunch type of situation, should you ever find yourself to be so lucky. <laughs> no, but that the milk after something like that is like sort of, it's like, it's like bombed out and depleted like yeah. used up. Yes. There's very <laughs> little left, and you're like, I'm just going to cut it right here.
0: Uh, that happened to me with a, with a thing of tricks yesterday. I, I poured the tricks. I poured the milk over the tricks. I ate it a little slower than normal. And when I got the, uh, left, it was like sort of a lukewarm yes. pink milk. The temperature's clutch. Yeah, yeah, temperature's no good. Yeah. I had to reup yeah. with more milk. It was
3: all right. It's best a shame. best post cereal milk. I'm going uh, Cocoa Puffs mm. or Pebbles, whatever, whatever your your form may be. But it's definitely that chocolatey mix of milk they leave at the bottom. I'm down in it.
1: Mm, it's pretty you good. Won't see, it. oh, see, I like the the pure of the milk at the end of the battle. <laughs> <laughs> Oreo O's, whatever. Oreo O's. Oh
0: intense uh let's move let's move on from the cereal we've gotten to we'll start a Serial podcast i, I have a lot more to say it. about takes on Serial. yeah we should
3: start a Serial podcast like but make it murder themed like Serial, and just <laughs> see how fast it shoots up the charts and Yeah, <laughs> how fast
1: we're gonna see yeah, yeah, same right? branding, yeah same
0: music yeah we're breaking down Serial. it's a five-part show <laughs> told Week by week. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to uh, a story. Kevin, you brought this up to me. Uh, do you want to go in on this story
1: about your boy uh, Nelly? Um, that's What's your up? boy, Nelly. So, uh, <laughs> quickly I saw... ownership changed. <laughs> yeah, quickly. quickly. Uh, so I saw Nelly, like a lot of people who were really rich and famous in the late 90s and early 2000s, uh, owes a ton of money in back taxes. Uh, and yeah. so it goes time and time again. Um, he owes a ton of money in back taxes, and he was trying to figure out how to pay him. He's having a tough time. And so, Spotify, for whatever reason, got involved, in this article got real popular on the internet last week. Spotify was like, well, you know, we normally pay between X and X amount for, you know, whatever songs for streaming. And so, in order for him to pay all, make the money to pay back, it's like a $12 million tax bill or something like that, Oof. he would have to get uh, like 200 million something streams on his songs on Spotify. So, since this got popular last week on the internet, his streams on Spotify have shot up. Two hundred and fifty percent. It's a nice story. And the people have seemed to latch to it. I'm in there. <laughs> He's still there's a long, long way to go, and the internet's got the attention span of like a kitten. Yeah. But I thought it was really interesting to see people reuniting for like the nostalgia of yeah. like going to a house party and listening to country grammar and like getting sweaty and like grinding with your classmates and stuff.
0: I think you could start a movement of musicians from that era who have lost their money. You could do this too. I'm sure that if you got you called Cisco right now. He might have the same never, situation. Never, ever.
1: Cisco never had a party anthem like anything Nelly's ever put out there. What about the thong song? No, no. That was a huge hit. That was the, the thong song wasn't a huge hit. The thong song, no, it's not the same. It's not. It's I, not I, the I, same as Hot in Here. No, Country Grammar. Yeah, City. let's talk
3: about that first record, that first Nelly record. It's pretty. It's pretty nostalgic. So. Well, when I'm I heard give it so a firm when string. I heard about we're this, gonna, gonna go. There. When
1: I heard about this, I went back and I streamed uh, yeah. a, a good chunk of the Country Grammar album, though, with the one like Country Grammar and all that stuff on it. Uh... The singles are still, you know, fun and whatever, but a lot of it did not hold up the way that I wanted it to. Mm. So. That happens with a lot of era nostalgic music. Like, you you think back
0: on it, like, I I was a big fan of Semisonic. Sonic. I got made fun of that all the time. I like a couple of those songs, but I go back and listen to that album. Not all of it holds up, some of it's a little rough. So I'll go hit.
1: stream your Nelly. Kids. Go
0: stream Nelly. And you know what? Just go listen to the Thong song once. Just make Cisco. Do us a uh, favor. Just do Cisco, like, a small, solid. Give him. Give them just a a dollar. Just one play can sustain Cisco for a whole month. Your one play on Spotify can sustain a struggling 90s R&B artist. And all it takes is one click of the play button. The more you know.
1: Jesus. No, I was, that was it for Uh, me. Not me.
3: uh, I know what I'm doing tomorrow morning.
0: Uh, Before we go, Kev, you wanted to talk about the Cascao Festival before we close out today?
1: I mean, I didn't, specifically, you know, it's a cool thing that's going on that we should, you know, it's awesome. Tell me about it. Oh, what is cask ale? You asked. No, uh, we did. This is it, not a read, by the way. We've actually just <laughs> been really interested in it. Yeah. What is cask ale? I don't <laughs> actually know what cask ale is. Yeah. So uh, the guys at Woodland are doing a cask ale festival. They've got a bunch of different breweries um, themselves, Saranac, a couple other like local New York State breweries. They're going a be festival of different cask ales. Basically, when you put um, beer in a cask, you put it, you know, in this container, and it ages for a long time. You can age it in with different flavors, and it gives it a different flavor profile. And beer can last a lot longer once you put it in a cask. Well, they're having a festival up there, and I can't explain it all as well. We actually put out a video about it today on Made in Utica called "What uh, What Is Cascade?" Anyway, that's why I said it, and talked to some of the guys up there at Woodland and everything like that. Um, they've got this big festival. You can go out and try these different beers. I think tickets are like forty or forty-five dollars, but they have like food activities. Uh, you get to drink all your drinks for free, have all your food for free, and get to try some of these really nice, exclusive cascales they're going to have going on. It's going to be a really interesting time. We yes. have a date on it again? Um, if I'm not mistaken, it is this Saturday? This Saturday. This okay. Saturday. Very okay. nice. And if you well, want to Double check on madeinunican.com because I'm actually not positive about that, but I think it is this okay. Saturday. Very right. good.
0: And of course, if you want to know more about Woodland Brewery or Keith and AJ, they've been on the podcast before. Go back to episode number 33. Check it out. It's in the archives. Uh, folks, I want to thank you all for joining us again this week. As I mentioned, uh, we've been real busy, but I do love doing this show, and it's nice to have these time with the lads here. Uh, don't follow Cliff Montoni on Twitter. He doesn't tweet. Uh, don't follow Kevin because he doesn't like it. Follow me. <laughs> uh, you can follow us uh, at the Udicast. Send us a message, udicast uh, at gmail.com, or go to udicast.com. We are streaming on iTunes, SoundCloud, and 315 Live. I'm really I swear to God, folks, I'm going to try and get it on Stitcher sooner than later. We're working on it. Uh, Kevin's pointing an air rifle at me. I yeah. don't know what's going on. Hey, ah, oh,
3: no. put, put tags on your pets.
0: Yeah, put tags on your pet, folks. Uh, also, if you see
1: Cliff's pet, put a tag on it. Do they have?
3: Can, can we invent the thing where they put a chip in the pet and you can just GPS it? All right, so they have tiles.
1: Give for Parkinson's.
3: They got yes. tiles.
1: What? They use tiles.
3: Tile. Tile's the thing. Yeah, but it works on Bluetooth. <laughs>